Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to There's No Place Like Terra, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we are going over Season 2, Episode 22, Time Out of Mind, a.k.a. This Is Your Life, everybody, <laughs> a.k.a. Sam's Almost Boobs. <laughs> yeah, I actually was watching this. Actually, my k.k.a. is Daniel finally gets a haircut. Oh my god! The one with Daniel's haircut. <laughs> that is a gr- that's I, I yeah. like yours better. Let's yeah. keep that one. <laughs> so, the hair drapes are gone. The hair drapes are gone. <laughs> and you know it's funny because you you had comments about his hair drapes. Oh yeah. We both had comments, and I I didn't want to even I'm trying, <laughs> even spoiler free to the point where I didn't want to say well eventually he cuts his hair. Yeah. But it was weird for me the past two seasons going. Oh, the long hair. Yeah. I'm so not used to the long hair anymore. Can I tell you, as much as I complained about the hair drapes, I got to a point where I was like, you mean they're gone forever? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> the, the the haircut he has here, it's it's like half bowl. It's not really. But it's like the Caesar. Yeah. Almost. This, yeah. this is not his haircut that you know him okay. as having. Oh, like, gotcha. This okay. is an intermediary haircut <laughs> type thing. They were like dude bangs or something. Yeah. Like it was very. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't that know. That goes away. And then yeah. Sam got a bit of a haircut too as well. She did. She keeps going shorter. I like her long hair, but it, you know what? She can I like whatever she wants. She, yeah. Yeah. She basically. She is, is awesome. Captain Badass, so she can do whatever she wants. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, this first aired on February 10th, 1999. Okay. Uh, the story is by Jonathan Glasner, Brad Wright. Written by Jonathan Glasner, directed by Brad Wright. All names we know. Mm. Um, I said directed by Brad Wright. It's directed by Martin Wood. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was just rattling off names and just repeating uh, some. Yeah, same names over and over. All I the same ha- people. I'm <laughs> so sorry, Martin. I love you. But it is essentially all our regulars. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is it's all regulars. regulars. Yeah, yeah, it's a season finale. This it is, is interesting regulars. that the season finale aired in February. Yeah, I think it's because it's uh, it was uh, it's one like of those Showtime things. replacement show? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It was Showtime thing, so it's, you know, off weird season gotcha. times. Gotcha. It's not network. That's I mean, true. once it, it moves to sci-fi, and I'm not even going to say between which seasons because I can't exactly okay. remember and I don't want it to be wrong, but eventually it moves to sci-fi, and then okay. it sort of gets the regular season Dig run, it, man. I'm so. for it. <laughs> um, we have two uh, guest stars of, of note here. Mm. Um, it's it's Trotsky, Tarofsky, whatever it was, and Raleigh. Oh. Uh, Trotsky's played by Tom Butler, who has been around for a while. Canadian actor. At this point, I'm just going to point out if they're not a Canadian actor and they're a guest star <laughs> on the series. Basically, all Canadian actors except when we say otherwise. Exactly. That's how it's going to roll. Dig it. um, but most importantly, he was the captain in Snakes on a Plane. Well, how appropriate. Yes. Snakes and gold yes. are brothers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he's basically been around consistently acting since the late 70s. Um, and most recently, he was Eric Larkin in The Flash oh. and uh, a senator in the Minority Report TV series uh, and the police captain in Tomorrowland. All things that I should watch, I, apparently. Well, I, you you know. can honestly, here's the thing, you can skip Tomorrowland. Uh, you know, I was going to ask about that because I'm very curious just as a Disney fan. I had really, <laughs> listen, I love. I mean, it's, it's George Clooney, right? Yeah. Yeah, 
you would think that and I like decent. him and I like Tomorrowland at Disney and I really had high hopes and it just oh. kind of didn't wah, make wah. what it was trying to be. Um, Sad times. It's something to at least watch. Okay. But it's not. It's, it'll be, that'll be a sick day yes. movie. L- I'm keep, for it. Keep your expectations low okay. and you'll love it. Gotcha. I think okay. that's how to go. <laughs> uh, and Samantha Ferris played Dr. Raleigh. And again, another, I'm just not going to say she's a Canadian actress because that defies the point I just sure. said. Um, but you will know her best uh, as I know her best, uh-huh. as many, some people may know her best, as Ellen on Supernatural. <gasps> yeah. Our favorite, yes. like, badass lady oh, on Supernatural. Oh, I just got sad about her spoiler um, demise. Her, her spoiler. Her, her spoiler <laughs> her demise on Supernatural. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about, yeah, how funny that, that a Canadian actress plays such a, like, American girl yeah. in Supernatural. Well, like, again, <laughs> Supernatural's filmed in Vancouver. That's true. So, <laughs> I guess I can why see you have that all the Canadian. Yeah, so many Canadian people. Also, uh, if you, like I watched 4400 and love it to death, she was Nina in 4400. That's a good one. I I think you'd enjoy that. That that um, was a network show, right? It was on, it was on, no, like something like TNT or USA or one of those. And it was, it only lasted a couple seasons, but it was really interesting I love any shows like that that sort of take a look at the how the public's opinion would be if if because it's these forty four hundred people who disappeared throughout right. time and all right. appeared back in the same location I and how they reintegrated in society yeah. and I really really enjoyed that show. I Anything kinda, involving the missing is kind of correct. Yeah, I kind of want to go back and rewatch it. Um, it, but it was good. So, and then fun fact, she was a TV reporter for KVOS in Washington <gasps> and BCTV in Vancouver. A woman the, after my mi- own heart. In the mid-90s. Yeah. Yay! Oh, I'll so, have to find that. That'll be so much fun to find that. That video. was a fun fact I saw. <laughs> um, and before I get into the episode, I'm just going to do the science according to Stargate now. Sure. Because uh, it sort of is in the very first scene that we see, uh, yeah. and just to get it done. But suspended animation, cryopreservation, cryogenic freezing. Suspended animation seems to be an ongoing thing, or maybe... Maybe it's just because I keep referring to that Twilight Zone episode. Well, that, and I also <laughs> talked about, like, last episode, how suspended animation is one way to time travel into That's the future. That's true, yeah. So, um, it's basically the freezing of someone, something, mm-hmm. uh, in order to, you know, do again. We, we currently sort of use it for... Um, um, like embryos okay. and for seeds. Like there's sure. the whole um, like cryogenic freeze storage up in yes, uh, Iceland. I don't know where it is, but in yeah, somewhere up there. But in I, Norway, I have heard Sweden? of cry- cry- cryogenically. Yeah. Cry- <laughs> I apologize. Is that Chiron? <laughs> no, it's not Chiron. It's cry. Yeah, I'm done. Anyways, I'm gonna try so uh, cryopreservation is cooling material to very, very low temperatures, like negative 80 degrees Celsius to 196 degrees Celsius, which is a negative 321 degrees Fahrenheit. And oh, that is um, that is liquid nitrogen temperatures. Okay. Um, wow. And the other way of, of that we can sort of use now is like using is breaking things down to the hypothermic range which okay. people it is actually used for things like some open heart surgeries and things yes. like that I feel um, like Grey's Anatomy might have done an episode probably. where they did something like this I'm pretty yeah. sure ER did as well yeah 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 but I found this article and I'm just gonna read part of this article straight from the okay. New York Times because it's by Stephen Mim and I can't really summarize it anymore on this but uh-huh. it's talking about work um, in studying the hypothermic range of preservation so it's only a couple paragraphs but 
in a series, and I think this is from, I forgot to write it down, 2011, okay. I believe, not too recently ago. Um, and in a series of experiments, doctors at the Safar Center for Resuscitation, Resuscitation? Thank you. Okay. Research at the University of uh, Pittsburgh managed to plunge several dogs into a state of total clinical death before bringing them back to life, to the land of the living. The feat, the researchers say, points a way towards a time when humans, beings, will be, be able to make a similar trip. Not a matter of ghoulish curiosity, but as a means of preserving life in, in the face of otherwise fatal injuries. Wow. So the method for taking this trip is simple. Simple. I'm going to use oh, quotation sure. marks. The Safari Center took uh, the dogs and swiftly flushed their bodies of blood and replaced it with a relatively cool saline solution, approximately 45 to 50 degrees, uh-huh. laced with oxygen and glucose. And the dogs quickly went to cardiac arrest with no demonstrable heartbeat or brain activity, and they were clinically dead. Wow. The dogs remained um, and... What in what Patrick Co? I'm sorry, I'm not going to butcher your name. The director of the Safari Center and his colleagues prefer to call a state of suspended animation. After three full hours, the team reversed their steps, withdrawing the saline solution, uh, and reintroducing the blood, and therefore warming the dogs back up to life. In a flourish worthy of Mary Shelley, they wow. jumpstart the patient's hearts with a gentle electric shock. While a small minority of the dogs suffered permanent brain oh. damage, most did not, and they awakened in full command of their faculties. Holy. Wow. Yeah. Okay, the idea that someone's taking this concept of the Philip J. frying these dogs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and actually doing it. First of all, the kind of, I don't have a better word, the kind of balls it takes to be yeah. willing to take this on. <laughs> yes. Wow. The one thing I will say is this, because they're not being frozen, it's not something that could last for a long, long period of time because your cells are still aging. Sure. Um, yeah. Because you're not actually frozen. Right. Okay. But it's definitely something where if, like, someone needs to last five, until six months. Until a lung gets here. Until yeah. the lung gets here or something <gasps> like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is, I know it is far from being human trials, but it's, no it's really interesting that they were able to successfully do this with, yeah. and it's not like they did it with like a small, simple organism. They did a, it with a dog. dog. Yeah. yeah. That is a legit people. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who just got a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are legit people. <laughs> that yes. is also a new band name. Our, by the way, our podcast has a co uh, a, a co mascot now yeah. with Kaylee the Thorgy. Stormageddon Washburn, Lord of all. Stormageddon Washburn. <laughs> it's his full name. He is the tiniest little fluff right now, but he's really cute. <laughs> it's a tiny fluff of, of dark matter. He is. Uh, <laughs> what it was was um, speaking of future Nibbler. Nibbler, yeah. yeah. That would have been that would have been a great name that for Stormy. That would have been a good name. Because that's all he does right now. <laughs> Needle teeth. Yes. Um <laughs> So this, what we're talking about with the dogs, is not true suspended animation because you're not getting into the freezing temperatures. Because the biggest problem when you get into the freezing temperatures is ice crystals forming. Okay. Because ice obviously expands yes. from liquid. And so that cause, just... It could, that could cause damage. It basically okay. just tear your cells apart. Ooh, type thing. not good. So, um... And I was going to go down this route of, of like, getting more into the science of things, but I ended up falling down this other path that, for some reason, I found really, really fascinating. <laughs> so, of the talk of current cryogenic preservation oh. that you can do right now. Okay. So, currently, there's a few hundred people who actually have frozen themselves because medicine can't help them now, and they're hoping to for some point in the future. The catch is very much like is mentioned in the line in this episode, is that we currently don't have a way that they thaw them. Right. They have frozen themselves in the hope that in the future they'll be able to be thawed. 
which they mentioned to Jack. That's quite a leap of faith. Yeah, they mentioned to Jack that when they came through, Janet was like, I don't know how to dethaw them. So they kept them frozen right. until future technology was able to dethaw them, which is 97 years it's later. Yeah, really involved in a, at the risk of like spoiling further on an episode. What an involved lie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so moments after death, this whole process starts. They use some cryoprotectants um, to prevent those pesky ice crystals from forming. Mm-hmm. The first person who was cryopreserved was Dr. James Bed- Bedard, Bedford, okay. who I'm going to talk about later. What if we just put vodka through our veins? That should work. There's because a it, just, it, just, it just makes it, just it stays flushing. real cold. Yeah. yeah it makes it nice. And then we will taste delicious. <laughs> we'll become human vodka slushies. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. <laughs> uh, but he was he was frozen in 1967. Mm-hmm. Currently, there's around 250 people frozen, um, and about 1,500 people more who've signed up to be frozen Whoa. when they die. Uh-huh. Um, and some only have their heads preserved. <gasps> Another future of Exactly. <laughs> um, and freezing can cost for anywhere from twenty eight to two hundred thousand dollars. And apparently there are people sign up for these life insurance policies to help okay. pay for because it's not just the freezing then, but it's the consistent right, to keep you frozen. To keep you frozen. Um, do, you, and do you guys think President Nixon's head's there? Probably. It's totally there. Secretly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and some, a lot of the people who have just frozen their heads um, are, are did so in the hopes that in the future they'll be able to have their, their brains electronically scanned and uploaded into a computer. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I know. But also scary? Terrifying. Is it weird that I'm... Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> so apparently, legally, this can be really, really tricky because the people who are frozen are legally dead. Yeah. So in a lot of countries, this is not like in mo- almost all countries, this is just not allowed. Right. There's only That's four, like morally re- repulsive. Yeah. There's only four countries that, or two countries that allow this. There's four facilities, three in the U.S., one in Russia. Okay. Um, and so they have to be shipped in a lot of places, like here in the U.S., have this like team that's on line at 24-7. Sure. And so they have their people who have these these things in their will to contact them as soon uh-huh. as they're close to death, they can be sent out instantly. <gasps> wow. So a lot of other countries, some countries do allow people to be shipped out of the country after they die in yeah. order to be preserved. Um, and a, But a lot of other countries are like, no, no. Well, I, I mean, if you imagine, you, you know, if you see your body as a spiritual and an earthly yeah. being, what a Pandora's box this would open. Because yeah. let's take the idea. Okay, so you die. You're dead now. Yeah. And your body's frozen. That means your soul is passed on. Yep. But then they bring you back. Whose yeah. soul is in there? Is there yeah. a soul in there? Is your soul have to come back from the other person? It was- <gasps> well, they, they have. Whoa. There is statistically <laughs> majority of the people who are frozen are atheists sure. or have atheistic, um, at least agnostic okay. stuff like yeah. this. Um, but I can see why countries may yeah. countries that are ruled hugely by their religious exactly. Sect. And a lot of other ones even are are like you know you can be buried, you can be cremated, you yeah. can you know, do these things. And actually, even here in the U.S., the key to freezing your body is you are, quote-unquote, donating your body to cryopreservation research. Yeah, it's not yours anymore. It's not yours. Wow. You're donating your body is yep. essentially what there's what you have to sort of say. Holy and not, moly. I'm, I'm going to be frozen. Yeah. I'm donating my body. This is research. I'm going to Walt Disney myself. Yes. <laughs> um, 
actually, there is a huge rumor that, that Walt froze himself, but yep. it is false. Okay. He did not freeze himself. I do himself. love it, though. It's one of those, like, urban myths. Yeah. It seems appropriate, too, too, uh, you know, on the anniversary of Disneyland. Yep. Um, that's uh, <laughs> Because I think it's, it's sometimes this week. <laughs> My favorite is just how there always seems to be an anniversary of Disney. Well, there is. But yeah. All the things have anniversaries. So, <laughs> as for Dr. James Bedford, he was a psychology professor at the University of California. Okay. Um, and since he was the first person, the pioneer, it wasn't necessarily the most well done thing. Yeah. They're pretty sure that because of some of the procedures, and it was really early on, they didn't understand it, that his brain was not protected. Oh, no. His brain is scrap. And because he's been moved a couple times, they're fairly certain that his body wasn't kept in consistently <sighs> cold temperature. So we might have, like, freezer burn. This sounds like great grounds for, like, a terrible villain in a comic book. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like a professor, someone meant to do well, humanitarian, Mm -hmm. and then they bring him back and he's all fucked up. Yep. And then he just wants to destroy the shit. Yeah. Everything in the world. Um, Also, a thing that a lot of people do is freeze their pets. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've seen the, con- the the cryogenic freezing containers. They're these huge, like, metal cylinders filled with liquid nitrogen that hold four bodies and six heads. Oh, no. In one thing. I don't want to do that. Okay. So, if anyone... Uh, I recently read a book called The Art of Racing in the Rain. Okay. And I, I cannot remember the name of the author, and I apologize, but look that book up. And it is told through the eyes the perspective is of enzo the dog okay now if you read that you will never want to keep your dog you will want to let him pass on to the next life actually the it's beautiful can i just say that um um oh what's the movie i just i started the story and i blanked on the movie where the dog where the dog passes it's like the story of the dog's life and at the end he passes it's like the love story oh goodness you know what i'm talking about right yes um, oh, we'll find it. Yeah, we'll hold come up. back to hold this up. thought. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you more about Enzo in the yes. meantime. Enzo has a family. Um, it's a, a, a man adopts him when he's when he's a baby, and the man happens to be a race car driver, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it goes from there. It's Marley and me. So here's oh. the problem, and that's and that reminded me. I watched. Here's the problem. I, I can never watch Marley and me again in my life. <laughs> I they didn't warn me what happens at the end of Marley and yeah. me. Yeah. And I watched this while I was I, I came home to watch the family dog for the weekend. My parents oh, were out of town. Goodness. And we had already known that the dog it was in kidney failure and only had a sh- very short bit left. In his life. So you just tortured yourself. And so I, I kept watching this, and I'm sitting here with the dog next to me, like, clutching onto him, and the dog's like, are you okay? Here, let me lick. Stop. Those tears are salty. That I'm tastes delicious. Yeah. Oh, that's what so, you throw on Homeward Bound. Like, oh, Homeward Bound. <laughs> or something or like else. Beethoven, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, A happy dog film. A happy dog film, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the final story, because I found this fascinating... Um, the most, I think the most famous person that is frozen that most people know is mm. Boston Red Sox, Ted Williams. <gasps> I didn't know that. He is cryogenically frozen. However, it is a little sketchy as to how he got frozen. Oh. So apparently when he died, his will said he wanted to be cremated and his ashes scattered in the Florida Keys. Okay. Sounds logical. Right. Well, his son and his youngest daughter goes, no, he told us he wanted to be frozen. 
Whoa. He goes, they're like, apparently they was an informal family pact signed by the three of them, possibly on a napkin. I couldn't get confirmation. Um, yeah. <laughs> that he wanted, to, he agreed to be put into biostasis after we died so that, quote, they'll be able to be together in the future, even if there's only a chance. Whoa. This got to the point where they had to have a lab analyze and prove that it was Ted Williams' signature because the rest of the family is like, that's not... We've never heard of this. Whoa. This is not what he wanted. Well, he was frozen. Okay. Against the rest of the family's wishes. Uh, and some actually say that this, they're po- they think that the signature was on the paper before the pact. And the, the, <gasps> his signature was on that. Oh. And the two of them wrote the pact around the, the signature. The sketch level is real. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but- Don't bring back an angry Ted Williams. <laughs> Don't want. Do not want. <laughs> so, but needless to say, his, his son passed a couple years ago, sadly from leukemia at like 35. Oh. And he was frozen in the same location Yikes. with his father. Holy moly. So, yeah. This and I fun. seem to remember this in the news. And once I read it, I was like, this sounds vaguely familiar. Okay, so yeah. as creepy as it sounds, the, the way I would write this TV show <laughs> is more of a sitcom. Okay. Like, they both come back. Yeah. And the dad's just, like, annoyed as all hell. Like, what the fuck did you like, do? Why did you do this? Why? And it's like, oh, me and my dead son are back in life now. <laughs> and it's like, he's just this, like, crotchety old froze, unfrozen man. And, like, something didn't come back proper. You know what I mean? So he's got a tick. Like, no filter? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just, yeah, there's, he has no social, I, I don't know, something fun. Some sort of excitement. Uh, well, I like if, if if the three of them, like his his son, his daughter, and him, are all frozen, and then they come back, and it's essentially like Futurama. Like they come back in two hundred yeah. years yeah. and have to try to acclimate back into yes, society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! And he's like, "What you guys do to baseball?" It's like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> but anyway, so that's my that's my science according to Stargate. That now twenty one minutes into the episode, <laughs> we should start on the episode. Yeah, and now let's get to our credits, right? Maybe no. <laughs> um, so we start with Jack being woken up from his cryogenic sleep yeah. by Major General Trotsky and Doctor Raleigh. Okay, and they help him back to the land of the awake people, and they also say that hey, we uh, regret to mention, but everyone else in your team is dead. You know, here's the thing. I know they have to tell him eventually, but maybe give him five minutes to wake up first. Exactly. (laughs) Because he's not even, like, able to form words yet. No. Good morning. Everyone's dead. And, like, oh, by the way, everyone else you know is dead, and it's 2077. Yeah. Ready? (laughs) Let's get the show on the road. (laughs) And credits. (laughs) Also, to be fair, wouldn't there good possibility that Teal could still be alive? Because he's... uh, Yeah. Although, they say Jaffa... Like the Jaffa cookies and not Jaffa, <laughs> like they say in the show. Because they're dumb. Um, but like, wouldn't wouldn't Teal be possibly still alive? Cause that's what I. That's true. He, would he might still be, be able alive. to live a bazil- because his his uh, teacher, Brain master is like yeah. one hundred and thirty. That's right. Yeah. There's no reason he shouldn't still be around. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and credits. So we come back and Jack is getting fed some Soylent Green through his port. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Yeah. Also, can I go on a small rant? Sure. About how, do you also agree that in Pokemon Go, you are feeding your Pokemon Soylent Pokemon? Oh, you are. You because absolutely are. what happens to those Pokemon that you send back to you the professor? You grind up the little Pokemon, he gives you candy. If that oh, is candy suspiciously. that is candy that is specific to individual Pokemon. Spe- yeah, suspiciously named after what you gave him. Exactly. <laughs> like, that is a dark turn in that Soylent game. Soylent Pokemon Soylent, is Pokemon. <laughs> Soylent Pokemon candies. That is a dark corner of that game, guys. 
<laughs> Listen, it's, I'm having a hard time sitting here without my phone. I know. <laughs> We've been slightly Pokemon hunting. Remember how last week Nixie wasn't going to get involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We Remember got her involved. how like last we week her. I don't like Pokemon. <laughs> the next day I downloaded the Pokemon and bartender Nick and I went on like a like two hour walk that night yeah. hunting Pokemon. I may or may not spent have spent an extra twenty minutes at Target recently <laughs> trying to catch a Snorlax. That I was above my CV. I do too. I couldn't catch him. And then like one night we went down to a large park with a lake in the area that has like all the bars surrounding it just put up lures. <laughs> so there's like hundreds of yes, people please. roaming this lake with lures. Yeah. Just all the things. Boyfriend Jesse is having none of it. <laughs> He's like, you have a dog. You have well, a real life puppy. To be fair, yeah, you won. You won a Pokemon. <laughs> but to be fair, I recently saw someone because there's people at work who are shitting, and I was like, you know, listen, I didn't shit when you crushed candy for five years and you didn't get off your ass. Yeah, I'm going out and walking in pretty parks. Yeah, crushing candy just, into soylent Pokemon. Just you know, be be careful out there and and don't cross highways. Yeah, don't don't be idiots, guys, and don't blame the game if you are an idiot. That's just you <laughs> being an idiot. That is your the more you know. Uh, the mo- terror podcast a star wipe across yeah. the screen. The Social. more you know. <laughs> anyway, so Jack is confused. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, as one would be after waking up from cryogenic hibernation sure. for 79 years, or in this case, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. <laughs> um, and they're not really sure how he was in hibernation. Like, they, he just was sent through the gate already frozen by yeah. advanced people. They were just magically years ago. able to keep him frozen. And Hammond and Janet thought that dethawing him would kill him. Because they didn't have the technology, he thought him. Mm-hmm. And so he just let him be frozen until technology caught up. Yeah. Which is, again, I like the fact it's current to sure. current cryopreservation technology. <laughs> um, and weekly, Jack's like, I don't want to answer anything else until he's able to get up, take a look at the place. Um, and I think this is a combination of being weak and also not trusting anything. Well, yeah, he's no dummy. No. Yeah. No. Ever. <laughs> um, so they walk around the SGC in slightly shinier uniforms. Yes. And have these nice little shoulder stick em outs. Yeah, <laughs> stick em outs. I like that. <laughs> shoulder stick em outs. Um, like another Wizard of Oz reference. <laughs> and apparently there's now 28 teams on Earth. 10 of them are off world. 10 of them more in off world colonies. Okay. Um, and apparently when Jack was sent through, the team was as well, but they were already dead. Hmm. In the gate room, Jack's like, I don't remember anything. Okay. Uh, he remembers that the intel said the planet was ruled by some ghoul. He doesn't remember anything after going through the gate. Trotsky's like, well, whatever, whoever helped you is clearly strong enough to beat the ghoul, and their technology advanced enough to freeze you and send you back, and that's not really in ghoul character. Right. That's so not a thing they really do. So we really want to know who would be able to freeze you and beat the ghoul, because yeah. that... It's would important. have new technology that would help us. And we have this new tech that can help you remember. Yeah. Do you want to try? Hey, try this. Hey, let me do shove this. this thing in your face. Hey, now. Hey, we're at war with the do gold it. and losing. So you should put this in your head and help let us see your thoughts. Yeah. He's That's not, not pushing. suspicious at all. He's not pushing hard at all. No. So back in the cryo room, uh, Raleigh has these little temple buttons uh, mm-hmm. that they get from. They got from the Tok'ra. Sure. Still friends with them. Yeah. Uh, and they hurt like a bastard going in. 
Absolutely. And it is like a capacitor for thoughts and will send his thoughts to a TV screen, <laughs> like a high-tech version of I, I do love our fancy new CG TV yeah. screens. Yep, yep, yep. pop up randomly. Um, <laughs> and so they can see and watch all of your memories. Can you imagine what a nightmare it would be to have that on? Like, just that a random TV pops up with your thoughts? Creepy at all. If you, I can't, what a nightmare. Talk about invasion of privacy. The amount of times that people would just see Boyfriend Jesse pop up in my brain. yeah. yeah. With or without clothing. Yeah. (laughs) That's not their business. (laughs) This also reminds me of uh, Sequest, and there's a device that Lucas rigs up that allows them to visually see what Darwin the Dolphin is thinking in hopes of better communication. (laughs) I like Sequest. Although I do like the idea of maybe like strapping one on to Stormy. (laughs) I think it would just be like bacon treats. Bacon. And more bacon treats. Bacon. And then eating of uh, things. Bacon. (laughs) Yeah, and more bacon. Bacon. Kaylee's might be something similar. <laughs> yeah, Kaylee's is probably, but uh, Kaylee has a, a wider variety of things oh, sure, that she no, likes, yeah. such as he's, bacon. He's a baby. It's still yeah. just bacon. Just the bacon. I mean, she's almost two, so she has a slightly wider... Yeah, I've also met the only dog in the world who doesn't like peanut butter. <laughs> Happens to me, my dog. Of course, he would be weird about food. <laughs> Kaylee's weird about people food. You give her something and she's like, she'll take it and then she immediately spits it out going, no, what no, else thank do you, you have? Just give me something different. I don't different. like this people food. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Melon? Ew. Uh, yeah. What did the healthy people Instead, I'm just going to take this melon, drag it around the house, and eventually I'm going to bury it in your bed for you to yeah. find tonight. Ta-da! I gave you a treat. That hasn't <laughs> happened more than once. Um, so, uh, you know... They tell Jack to start thinking of a culture that might have tech that is strong enough to beat the Gould and uh-huh. freeze them. He's like, well, the Knox. Sure. So we trigger a flashback because it's a Yay. clip show. Yeah. I will say this. This is at least a, like a, a, I can buy it way to do a clips show if you're oh, going to do it. Oh, it's a very elaborate like, it's better than politics, Guys. where it's just like... Hey, remember that time? Remember the time? Thing? Yeah. No, this is an elaborate uh, uh, a storyline to get us to a clip show. I'm yeah. all for it. The one thing I will say, though, mm-hmm. I know it's a clip show, and I know you're just going to show <laughs> the clips from the episodes. However, if this is Jack's memory, wouldn't it be from his point of view? Absolutely right. And not like a camera? Well, you know, he's so thoughtful that he's giving him, them, <laughs> you know, the, the worldview, including himself there. I'm like, Because he can do that. Doesn't compute. Yeah, we it, come to it later, where it's in Daniel's memory, and yet we see a very private moment between Hathor and Jack. And I'm yeah. like, um, how does Daniel know Daniel what wasn't there for that. Was there a Was he? Hole? Yeah. <laughs> Was he creeping harder than ever? Because <laughs> I guess that could happen. So they show that, like, hey, the Nox can heal things and invisible things. Um, and Jack's like, but the Nox wouldn't even fight in self-defense. So maybe the Asgard. And then we cut to Thor's chariot. Dun, dun, dun. Making the pyramid ships disappear. And then we cut to Fifth Race and the yes. whole conversation at the end of the episode with, with the, the Asgard. Asgard. Yeah. Talking about the four great races. And then we cut to Heliopolis and the torments of Tantalus after yes. Jack mentions the Alliance. And we talk about the meaning plays and the universal language and the quote-unquote United Nations of the Stars. Hopefully it's United Nations and not the European Union of the Stars. <laughs> Let's not go there. Because otherwise the Furlings are going to be doing a Brexit that's at some be point. Not, not, yeah, Maybe that's a, why we haven't heard. A Brexit? <laughs> Maybe that's why we haven't seen the Furlings is because they did a, a They're Brexit. like, we're not interested in being here. I did like this part, though, uh, as a new viewer. It's like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened, too. Oh, look at how all these things are related. And, yeah. and, I, and I feel a little silly for not getting that right off the bat, but I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's... Now it all comes together. It's one of those things where it's, to me, this is really helpful because you, unlike 
some of us, mm-hmm. me, <clears throat> have you've only seen the episodes we've seen so far, like once, right. well, right. twice, but yeah. Um, and so you know, this is it's it's helpful for those who are watching it like a normal human would watch a TV series they're not obsessed with. Yeah, it's like a it's like a uh, you know like a review, like a test review mm-hmm. before your big final. Yeah, it's it's like notes. hey, yeah, like remember these are all the things that have happened so far. Are you it's, ready? Because the shit's about to hit the fan. It's the Stargate Cliff Notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Here's a little safe point. Remember all these things? Yep, yep. You're about to battle a big-ass boss. So, <laughs> back in the cryogenics rooms, Jack TV is flickering a bit, uh, and they're going <laughs> to let him rest. And as they leave, they start to send some purple liquid through to his port. Yeah, that seems like a fun thing. Yeah. So, the two of them leave the room. Send some grape aid. Oh, grape aid. <laughs> they leave the room, they walk around the base uh, a bit, and they come to a second cryogenics tank lifted out of the cold, and inside is Daniel <laughs> with a fresh new haircut. Yeah, yeah, with the with the bangs, with the dude bangs, is yeah, what yeah. I call them. Well, the other thing, and, like, I, there's nothing more to this, but I still found it, I noticed it that the fact when they cut to Jack, the thing only comes down so far. Uh-huh. The little opening. Yeah, of it's the just thing. like to the shoulders. And then when you have Sam, it comes down more, but she has a blanket over right. her. And then it comes to Daniel, it's just like down to the belly button. He's like, Sup, Daniel, I'm naked. <laughs> yeah, I was like, How do you like okay. this? Yeah, Daniel, cover yourself, man. <laughs> um, so, and then we come to a third room, and this is Sam. Uh, and they, they also mentioned they have to keep her a little more drugged up because there's snack in her system. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. Um, it's a little something there. And Raleigh tells her, you know, look, I'm the first thing again. Look, I'm sorry, but the rest of your team didn't make it. Like, come on, let people wake up for a second. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I woke up and didn't have coffee this morning and tried to bake a cake, and that just failed miserably. No, you got to people that wake up for a second. You can't do anything before the coffee. No. That's one thing that uh, Little Maybe, Stormy is learning. Is that purple coffee it's that they're sending into? Uh, I wonder what flavor that would be. Oh, Some yeah. sort of weird, I don't know. Maybe they're just purple beans. Oh, like, that would be cool. Like you, had the, like, you had the purple ketchup for a while there. Yeah, it tasted yeah, yeah. exactly regular, regular ketchup. Yeah, it it's just, just purple felt weird beans. because yeah. it was, I'm for it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Um, also, can I put coffee in my port? Is that allowed? Sure. <laughs> We've from, men- I've mentioned oftentimes that I need a main line of yeah, caffeine yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's completely hygienic and okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure your heart won't, won't freak out you. at all. No, not at all. <laughs> so. Just caffeine straight to the heart. <laughs> Some mornings it's needed. Um, <laughs> so they haven't even given Sam a robe or anything. No. She's just sitting there with a blanket. Which, by the way, that's a really cool blanket. It doesn't it look comfy or soft. But it looks but cool. But it looks like I want to make a gown out of that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just shiny silver gown. She also has a temple memory button. Yes. Uh, and she's like, I'm not sure about that. Like, no, you're fine. Just yeah. sit there. Uh, <laughs> no we need questions. to know who would have this technology that could be a powerful ally against Apophis. Yeah. Like, uh, isn't he dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, we're, of course, we're so, totally. just trying to stimulate the region of your memory that has to do with battling the ghoul. Yeah, these guys are big at lying. They're all about the lying. Well, here's the thing. At this point, I don't think she's lying because they mentioned later on that they're, that you know, they're off in the corners and, and Hathor, they're building it in the, in the side and they're like, we're basically using you to get information. That's true. So I have a hunch that they don't know that Apophis is dead. Oh, that's very possible. They're getting serpent guards and they're getting um, um, Harrower's guards. I just blanked on the other ones. Okay. Um, 
So I don't think that they realize that Apophis is dead. And so she's just covering. Gotcha. She's like, yeah, that's totally a thing when you when exactly you do that. Right. We're just trying down. to stimulate the memory in yeah. your brain. That's it. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah. And she takes notes. Apophis dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sam's like, we did fight the gold a lot. And then we cut to Serpent's Grasp and Serpent's Lair. Uh, yes. And they take, it's basically the greatest hits cliff notes of oh, that sure. episode. Yeah. Long, it's a long cut there. Totally, yeah. In Daniel's cryogenics room, another temple memory button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get some memories of Sokar, Hararurin secrets, uh, and then, of course, Hathor. And we get to relive that episode wonderfully. Yeah, and I was like, oh, God, no, I never want to see her again. More of that episode than is really needed. <laughs> but I guess by the end of the episode, you realize why they focused on the Hathor sure. episode. yeah. Um, which makes you, if, if you were, you know, on top of the game, you're like, hmm, that's suspiciously this is interesting. long on Hathor. Yeah, why are we on this for so long? Oh, yeah, remember how when she left the room, they showed us that she left the room? Yeah. And she's not died? And huh. also, again, are like, Daniel, how do you know the private intimate moment <laughs> where where Hathor made Jack a uh, Jaffa? Yeah, where she made a hot cross bun out of his belly. Where you just secretly sticking in the corner like Gollum? Yeah, <laughs> like, this is a weird thing for you to be doing. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel just wants to know what happens to his team, and they repeat. You came through the gate with you, but they were all dead. Yeah. But don't worry, Hammond lived to be a ripe old age of 93. Um, and for those of you, the feels, guys. Aww. The feels. Yeah. I won't tell you. Okay, it's not a spoiler. No! The actor passed. No! Yeah. Oh. I won't tell you when. Okay, okay. Um, but the, the actor did uh, pass away. During the um, show. Okay, I won't. Okay, yeah. I won't ask. I won't ask. But anymore. it's why, like, when when you see this, and then Hammond lives to be ninety three, and it's a little, it's a little heart check oh. for you there. Yeah. Well, um, that's sucky. And Daniel also realizes here that everyone he knows is gone, um, because again, he knows no one outside the SGC. Because let's just say Daniel and social skills aren't the no. best friends. No. Uh, but you know what? That makes sense because most of my friends come from work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty so much how it works. I mean, it makes sense too. And, and yeah. this is this is also a job that you have slightly more than usual office hours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kind of there all the time. Yeah, you forever. might as well just live in the base. Yeah. Like the fact that you have a home somewhere else is laughable. Yeah. Like what's even there? <laughs> exactly. Ever. Yeah. So then we cut to Teal, who wakes up to see Janet and Hammond. Yes. Uh, sees Jammond, as we have <laughs> named him before. Jammond. Uh, and. Hammond's like, I was hoping you could tell us what happened to your yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, for me, it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought everybody was dead. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. So we come back from commercial and Teal'c is suit up. <laughs> uh, and he, they're like, after the team after, didn't return, Hammond's like, you know, we sent SG-3 and 7 after them. And you, they, we found you lying next to the Stargate with no trace of anyone else. Um, Teal just remembers it was a mixture of Horus and Serpent Guards. Yes. Horus, that's Thank you, yeah. Uh, a very unusual. Uh, not really sure who they were serving, but Teal wants to go back to the planet and look around. And Hammond can't let him go do that. He's like, you've been unconscious for three weeks, which Teal finds impossible because he's like, my symbiote would have woken me. Right. But Jana points out that you, we, you were barely alive when we found you. Yeah. Hammond says that Janet spent most of the three weeks by his side, and he's pretty sure it was her refusal to give up that kept him alive. Wow. And Teal'c is <gasps> clearly very grateful, yeah. <laughs> bows his head, thanks her, and says that, you know, he is in her debt. Um, but and then they make out. And then they make out. Just um, But he still wants to go to the planet, because uh, he's like, if there were no bodies and they're prisoners now... 
Hammond's like, if they are prisoners, they're long gone. It's been three weeks, like we just said. Jeez, yeah. Um, Hammond's like, I have spent a ton of resources and have found nothing. They could wow. be anywhere by now. You're looking for a needle in a very large haystack. But Teal'c's like, I have to try. This is, yeah, this is my team. These are my guys. Hammond completely understands that need. He feels the same, but he can't spend any more of the base's resources. He's really sorry, but he has to deny the request. Sure. And he looks like if the people of the Tari have given up an SG-1, he regrets that he must leave this world and return to this people. Um, and, you know, so therefore he's no longer under a Hammond's Right, command. so he can do whatever he wants. He yeah. takes off his team coat and drops it at Hammond's oh. feet. And Hammond's like, I can't let you go. You're secure. It's a security risk. But he looks like, look, you know me and you know that I would die before I divulge information. Yeah. And Hammond's like... Yeah, you're right. He's got a point there. Yeah. Uh, and and he looks like, I'm going to leave immediately. Yeah. Oh, the feels. Yeah. Oh, the feels. Back in Jack's cryogenic room, we see that he's smart and he's been pinching the line. Yeah. Preventing the drugs from getting to his port. Yeah. Um, and we can he can hear Trotsky and Raleigh arguing in Gould. You would think they do it outside of the room. Be- well, they think that he's completely unconscious. Sure, but still. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know. Listen, we uh, the Gould have never been known to be the smartest of creatures. You know what it is, is they're the most arrogant of creatures. And that has also been mentioned yes. many times. Yeah. Um, and they leave, and there's just a, a, a gold red shirt checking something. Yeah. Uh, and so Jack pulls his port out, which A, can't feel good. No. And B, you would think that that would cause more of a mark. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> or some sort of bleeding would bleeding, happen. Something. something. You should at least well, look like be, when you remove a leech or something. To be fair, this show is, does not, it's not a blood show. Not very bloody. No. Yeah, that's true. So, but he, um... As the guy comes over to check something on on Jack, he he knocks him out with this awesome like leg kick thing yeah. that he does. That yeah, was yeah. like the coolest move ever. And starts you know stripping him to sweat clothes. Sure, yeah. So in the real gate room, here's the feels for the episode. Oh god! In the real gate room, Teal uh, is getting you know some honor. Uh, everyone they could grab in that yeah. in, in that quick moment uh, is there in the room. Comes to attention as Teal'c enters the room in his robes with a staff weapon. Teal'c says Hammond that he has learned much from him, and thank you. And Hammond's like, I have learned a lot from you as well, so we're even. Yeah. And as the Stargate opens, Teal'c brings his fist to his heart as a salute. Hammond and all of the airmen in the room salute Teal'c back, and in a surprisingly emotional moment, Teal'c also salutes Hammond. Oh, God, I swear. Was there a single tear right here, too? There, I swear there was. There was. There should have been, but there was not actually oh, a single tear. Yeah. Um, and he, he turns and heads through the Stargate. My, yeah, well, I may have cried. Yeah, a little. it was, that's, a, that is a surprisingly emotional moment. I did not expect that. Two of yeah. our most stoic dudes. Yep, yep. Just sit there and, like, They're essentially crying. That's, like, as yeah. close to crying yeah. and hugging it out as yeah. you'll get from them. He did one of those, get back in there, tear. <laughs> get, get back, back in, in there. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the in the fake SGC uh, in his new digs that are left over from either an LA white party or a beach wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wrote uh, Kardashian wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack investigates his location and he opens a door and is faced with a very new, very gold-like door. Uh, which when opens, the camera does this great like pullback dun dun dun. Yeah, pan it's like what to reveal 
Caribbean. Feel... They're in like a gold ship, gold yeah, face. Yeah, I wanted like straight up something. Hitchcock, like yeah. cycle music. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, no, the shit's hitting the fan here. Yep. Yeah. And as two helmeted <laughs> Jaffa pass a Horus and a Serpent, uh, mm-hmm. Jack just kind of walks around the column to avoid yeah. them. <laughs> I love because... that. That was, okay, so in my notes I wrote Buster Keaton move, yeah. Chaplin move. <laughs> yeah. But then if you think about really, Jack probably got it from the Three Stooges. Probably. <laughs> Jack is a Stooges fan. Yeah, that's exactly where he got it from. There's no question about that. Uh, I also like, I was like, well, they probably have very bad peripheral vision, but I would like to very much think that there is a heads-up display inside sure. that yeah. helmet. I think I but I do that love that move. I yeah. love it because it gets the job done, and it gives us a tiny bit of comic relief. Oh, it, it, it works perfectly. Which is definitely necessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... He gets he gets this major headache as mm-hmm. the temple button activates again, um, and he he flashes to the serpent's layer episode again where he yes. takes out the Jaffa. Um, Jack stumbles his way into another SGC mock-up. He finds a room with Sam and very quietly, very stealthily, uh-huh. creeps in and picks up a canister <laughs> and tiptoes over and just whacks the guy over yeah, the head. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Um, he pulls the port from Sam's chest, just grips it off. Yeah, ow. And she, she wakes up and she's like, I thought you were dead. And we get another memory this time from Message in a Bottle oh. when the d- device <coughs> shoots yes. a spike through Jack that yeah. comes to the wall. Jack disconnects the little tiny, almost invisible line from the, the memory device. Yes, yes. Uh, and... And they, they're whispering this whole conversation, but uh-huh. they, he catches Sam up on everything. Yeah. Um, and she starts to sit up, and there's this very uncomfortable moment yeah. where Jack is still hovering very close to yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah, and the eyes, buddy. And his eyes, eyes up trying here, buddy. not to wander. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not convinced that when he got there, he didn't consider taking a peek before <laughs> pulling the port out of her. He's a, so he's like, a professional, uh, and this is his co-worker. But it must have been tempting. <laughs> it must have been tempting. Let's face it, they're a little more than co-workers. Sure, sure. Um, or simply co-workers, I You know, say. that night in Antarctica. We'll always have Antarctica. Exactly. <laughs> what happens in Antarctica stays in Antarctica. Um, so, in the corridor, Sam's stolen clothes fit her surprisingly well. I did want to mention, at some point, he does say, swap clothes with that guard. Yeah. But she's not wearing clothes. They have that right there. <laughs> so I guess there's a naked ghoul left in the room, yeah, yeah, yeah. covered in a sheet. <laughs> And by swap clothes, I mean steal his clothes because you're naked. Strip him naked. Yeah. Um, Jack warns Sam not to think about things as they enter the ghouled part of the ship, but too late. Her temple button causes some pain, and Jack grabs her, drags her behind a column with his hand over her mouth as Raleigh leads some Jaffa past them. Um, they're not really sure if they can take the buttons off because they're in there pretty deep and they don't want to risk some nasty collateral yeah, damages. Yeah, like brain matter. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't want that. No, do not that. Yeah. So in a third SGC copy, they find Daniel. He doesn't yeah. stand things either and they basically catch him up by going gould. Yeah. So all you really have to Gould, say. get up. Let's go. Uh, he's like, I have more questions. No, but they no can time. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so they walked on the fake uh, quarter all together. Now Jack opens the door and finds a, a ghouled wall behind it. Mm-hmm. Damn cost cutting. <laughs> and they uh, they also remark about Horus and Serpent Guards are an odd alliance. Sure. Um, we need to punch in that statement home. It's like the third time they've mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, Horus and the Serpent Gods. Um, and so they make it to the fake gate room and Jack notices it's a fake gated well. Uh, mm-hmm. And the locker on the side is empty and all this kind of stuff. All the fake things. So, they basically walked into a set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their own set. But they basically set. Yeah. kicked the actual Stargate and just didn't fully get yeah, their sound yeah. over it. Um, and they're like, well, who would want to, pre- who would have the time to reproduce things in this detail? Apophis? 
No. And then really? a voice calls for what? silence. Dun, dun, dun. They turn, and it's Hathor appears. It's freaking terrible she Katy Perry again. Somehow she was invisible. <laughs> and Jack was hoping to never see her again, and Hathor just ignores him as he walks by. Yeah, she walks this by. is a woman scorned. Uh, she only has eyes for her beloved. Uh-huh. Daniel's like, don't let her breathe on you. Yeah. Hathor, like, annoyingly is, do you really think I'd go through all this trouble if... You weren't already immune to this organism? That's true, yeah. I also caught that she said organism. And, uh. like, for whatever pheromones these are, it makes me interested, but not that interested. <laughs> okay. As gotcha. to what it actually is. <laughs> um, she's like, well, I've lured... You've noticed my guards. I've lured them from my enemies. And we're quietly building our forces. Um, but it's hard to do that when we don't get the Galaxy News Service, basically, out yeah, here in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> We're outside of, you know, of cable yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we don't have a satellite dish. Yeah. And it's Jack, hard to get anything. Yeah. yeah. Jack raises his hand and is like, I guess that's where we come in. Because yeah. we know more than you do. Haha, ha, we know things. Um, so she's prepared to offer them a life of luxury as servants in her royal coat for helping. And if you deny, you're not going to like the alternative. Yikes. Uh, and Jack's like, at this point, she's face to face with Jack, and Jack's like, you should probably work on your breath. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that all the things that he could say right there, he's just like, whoa. Yeah. Girl, get some gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, she ignores him and wants to know how to contact the Asgard. And Jack's like, you should try Roswell. I'm so glad that he never loses his humor. Yeah. Even in the shittiest of moments. That's, I think, one of his main skills. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, it's a great way to throw your opponent mm-hmm. off his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then it's like, I'm not scared of you because I'm making jokes. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then Hathor goes to Sam with her GDO and wants to know what the code is to open the iris. And Sam says nothing. Yeah. And she's like, fine. If you don't want to help, I have other means of retrieving it. An opportunity has presented itself at a fortuitous time as a Jaffa walks in. Yep. She has a gould ready to take a host. Oh, gosh. But which one shall it be? Dun, dun, dun. And we get a nervous look from all three of them. Yeah. And this is the part. Is this right before or right after the part where she yanks... A new gold. It's as she's yanking the gold Okay, I never want to see that ever again. To be fair, you didn't see anything, though. (laughs) That's true, but just seeing the belly, the cut-up belly, still grosses me out. Yeah, I did find it fun to see that the ghouls look different. Yeah, it was their first CG (laughs) ghoul. Yeah, I miss our little gummy worm-looking guys. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And this explains the question that we might ask earlier of, like, why didn't she just stick ghouls to them from the beginning? That's true. Because there weren't any. She has such limited resources, she didn't have any old enough to be implanted. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, you know, may have been easier to go try and steal some of the world enough instead of making this grand elaborate cover up. But whatever. she's got nothing but time on her hands, it seems. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she's as, as much as this is about a power grab. She's also just enjoying the shit. I mean, how yeah. much fun did she have making those sets? Oh my god, yes. Like she was like, uh, you know, like building a new house or redecorating yeah, yeah, yeah. it, and like doing all this she's stuff to nesting. it. Yeah, she's totally she's nesting, nesting for her new gold. Yeah, she's so. crazy. She is she's crazy. crazy. Cray, cray. Like, all of the crazy. Yes. <laughs> I am scared of her and because she's the most unstable. So who do you, who do you think she's going to put that ghoul in? Oh, crap. Well, I feel like she can't put it in Sam. Okay. Because Sam's got Jolinar's help to kind of protect her a little more. Uh, this is where Nixie takes a drink. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just don't see it. Um... 
Unless that's why she can put it in Sam, because Sam's like, I'll take it. I have a little more well, ability to any retract of them, it. Well, any of them get the gold in them. My hope is that somehow Teal can come to the rescue before any of them get to gold. Okay. Um. Oh, gosh. This is where I don't look at Grace at all. If anyone gets it. Yeah. I feel like it'll be Daniel. Okay. Because I it just. It is her beloved. It is her beloved. And, you know, Daniel, too, we're constantly rescuing. Yeah, we, He's not we a self-rescuing princess. She is not a self-rescuing princess. That's true. <laughs> but my hope is that Teal'c saves the day. Gotcha. That's my hope. Um, um, but holy moly. So, <laughs> do we, do you want to put this on, I mean, this is technically the last episode of season two. So That's true. Are you, is it go anywhere in your in your top five? Well, here's the thing. is I feel like this doesn't, but whatever the conclusion of this might go in the top we'll ten. Will go in the, in the, yes. In the massive top ten? Yeah, okay. because this is great, but it's mostly a clip show at the yep. end of the day, and yeah. it's build up. I yeah. think the story will happen in our premiere. I'm hoping that's how it goes down. Do you want uh, to, uh, did you, do you want to wait until uh, after the next episode to rate your top ten for, um... Oh, yeah. Do, do so your top far? 10? Okay. Yes. So we'll hold off that. on the top ten. Done We're gonna done. think about the top ten for the season. So right now we're on hold. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, or top ten overall, I should say. Yes. Uh, we're gonna see if anything from season two breaks into our top ten <gasps> overall I have a feeling at least one thing will. I yeah, no, there's one. There's at least one that's going on. And I'm gonna make a case for one more, but we'll see. Alrighty. (laughs) Alrighty. Um so do we have anything else for this week? We'll basically cover that the first like at the end of the next episode, we'll cover um the top tens. Well, I do. So I will say, um, you know, as much as it's a clip show and we tend to recoil from clip shows in general as people because we want new original material. Yeah. Um, I really liked this. I liked yeah. the buildup. I liked that they took both seasons and were like, here's a quick summary. This was here's a, all these things. If it, you have not put it together. Yeah. This is us. Putting if you're going to have to do you. a clip show. This is the way to yeah. do a clip show. Well, and I, I remember, you know, I remember watching Tormund and Tantalus and loving it. And yeah. them saying, hey, there's going to be these, like, four races. Uh-huh. And then we forget about it. And we yep. don't talk about it. And now they're like, hey, remember those four races? Yep. You've met two now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, I just put that together. Yeah, it yeah, took yeah. me a minute. And I, and I had to do it during this yep. episode. And you've heard of a third one. Yes. Because the ancients were talked about. Yes. And now we know that there's this other guy called the Furlings. Mm-hmm. So it's all coming. You know, you're building this puzzle slowly. Yeah. And I... I I really love the recap for this weekend because for this week yeah. because I like that they're putting it together for me mm-hmm. because the episodes are so spread apart. You know the ones where you're kind of getting a little bit of clues yeah, the, everywhere. the mythology episodes. Yeah, call they're them. not right on top of each yep. other. So this is really great. I'm absolutely dig it. Yeah, good way to do a clip show. A plus. Yay! So I am a fan of the episode, but I don't know that it breaks the top five. Yeah, well, we'll get to we'll get to rankings because this is like the first half of a story. So we'll done get to the done. top ten rank. I mean, we can probably. Because this doesn't really go on our season two top five, so we can announce no. what our final. If this is your <gasps> final list, we can announce our top five. I guess, five it is. For I the guess there's a couple that I need to make a call on, isn't there? I'm gonna let you go first while okay. I figure out my call. My Nixie's top five of season two at number five is Matter of Time. Hmm. Um, I love my black holes in science. <laughs> uh, at number four is Secrets. Uh, because I think that is, I just love that episode yeah. and the mythology and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, number three is Thor's Chariot. Basically Thor Norse. That's always <laughs> going to make my list. Yeah. At number two is Fifth Race, because again, that is one of the best Stargate 
just happy, happy Stargate mix. Sure. And at number one, one of the best, 1969. Okay. So I... Have I think I've got an idea. Okay. But I do need a quick refresher on which one Bane is. Uh, Bane is um, uh, the bug, teal bug metamorphosis. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. That's right, with Allie. Yes. Okay, so here's what I got. I got 1969 at the top. Okay. Bane is still at number two. Alrighty. Um, I think I'm going to take uh, Need yes. and put that at number three. Okay. And then Secrets is going to have to go. It's a great episode. Okay. But for me, I'm kind of taking these as, like, character developments. Okay. And then right here, we will have Fifth Race. Alrighty. Uh, immediately followed by Tokra. All right. So here's what I did. I took these three big character development self-reflection episodes mm-hmm. off the top. Well, two. And then... Yeah. 1969 is just fun times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I liked, I liked uh, Fifth Race and Tokra because they do develop the story. Yeah, they do. They, in the best way possible. Yep, yep, yep. So that's me. That's my top five for this Alrighty. Series. That's awesome. And we'll get our... We'll, we will amend our top ten for the series as a whole next week. Um, check with us then. Um, until then, you can find us on the Twitters at Terra Podcast. Yep, and you can also find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Terra. And you can email us at There's No Place Like Terra at gmail.com. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Next week, season premiere of season three. Yes. Uh, a top 10 list. All the things. Maybe some more puppy talk. Because more puppy talk. <laughs> uh, the next, next episode is called Into the Fire. It is Ooh. the first episode of season three. Holy farts. We're on season three, guys. We're on season three. Yeah, it's exciting. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.